I remember dropping my child at school for the first time and I felt so empty. I felt like a part of me had been cut away and left somewhere. I felt like, what am I going to do now? That is something that mothers feel, especially when they drop their children at nursery for the first time, or the children leave home, or perhaps the children go to boarding school, or perhaps go away for a bit. I am Dr. Denny. I'm the award-winning mom employment coach. I'm a family doctor, I'm an international speaker, and best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom. And of course, your host of the Wellbeing for Mothers show. I'm going to share with you today about a very interesting part and a very important part of motherhood when you have that separation from your child at a point in your life. Motherhood is beautiful. And if you had your way, you want to keep your children forever connected to you sometimes. And sometimes you maybe want them very far away. Depends, of course, on what's happening at the time. So please buckle up, grab your favorite drink and have a listen because today I'm going to explore a few things, but also invite you to share your experiences with regards to the first time you separated from your child or perhaps a very memorable thing that happened or something that might have um, occurred when you left your child somewhere or maybe dropped them off at school, moved them over to university or some other journey in your life. Now, I have young children, but I recall the first time I dropped my daughter at school. Now, there is a time in your life when you are seeing your children, you're hugging them, holding them, cherishing them, of course, sleep deprived. Um, and at that point, you, you, you're telling them, oh, children, I really need to sleep or baby just sleep so that mommy can sleep. But you have this connection that you have with them where you don't want them out of your sight you just want to hold them and it can be quite challenging especially if you've had all those moments you've done things together and then time comes when you need to drop them off at nursery or drop them off at school or help them to move home to go to boarding school or to go to university or maybe eventually like leave home permanently that's can be a bit of a challenge. Now, of course, I have not experienced a lot of parts and building up to it, but it gets to a point where you start to think, okay, I have experienced something that is similar. What can I do? What did I do? What was funny about that experience? Now, I believe very strongly that when something happens in your life, you can either make it work like, Oh, the worst thing ever, you can catastrophize it. Or you can look at it and say, oh, okay, this happened. What was exciting about it? What was embarrassing about it? What was funny about it? Learn from it. And what can I learn from this? And then move on. And so um, that's the approach I'm going to take. So I remember my daughter was uh, about two and a, well, she wasn't quite two yet. But we decided, okay, fine, let's drop her in nursery. So I dropped her off in nursery. It was, she was in a pushchair. The nursery wasn't far from the house. So I'd walked all the way there, dropped her off. And I was expecting my daughter to start crying. Mommy, no. 
<laughs> you will not believe what happened. My daughter has not been separated from me. And the moment she got dropped off, it was like, who let the dogs out? She just ran in there full of joy and happiness. I, ca- I was standing looking at her in amazement, like what? My daughter just left? Okay, maybe she will turn around and see mommy and wave and remember that, oh, this is the person she spends all day with. No, she didn't. She continued playing. And I think she looked at me, glanced at me and waved. And I waved back, holding back <laughs> my um, feelings of um, like, oh, my baby's growing up. And of course, at that point, the nursery staff said, okay, you've dropped them off. Bye-bye. If anything happens, we'll let you know. Because there were a host of us as um, parents dropping their children off the first time um, there. And you could see that anxiety in everyone's face. But at that point, I did not go joining any groups to say, how did you feel? Because I wasn't in that space at that point. So I decided I was going to spend some time (laughs) to reflect on what had just happened. And at that point, um, I got on the bus. I sat in the bus and I wasn't particularly going anywhere, but I felt a level of emptiness. I felt a level of as though I'd lost one of my legs. You know why? Because I was used to whenever I go out, I have my daughter in, my, in the push chair and I'm pushing along. So, of course, apart from having my legs, I had the push chair with my hands on it. And I felt a bit unsteady as I was walking because I've been so used to the push chair. So I sat at the far back on this bus. The bus went around, picked up people, dropped them off, went to the bus station, and I was still sat there thinking, (laughs) looking, and realizing that this beautiful journey of motherhood, this beautiful journey where we meet our children when they are in utero, when we meet them, when we give birth to them. And then we experience the relationship that builds as time goes on. A time comes when they need to grow. It's just the same way I have evolved. I mean, when I, my mother sees me, I perhaps imagine that she still sees me as that child, <laughs> but I'm an adult now. and. I started to understand a little bit more by that event and the many other events that have occurred with my children that I need to be more empathetic to my mother, understand where she came from with her thoughts, with her ideas, with her mode of upbringing, that maybe at that point I was thinking, oh, why is mommy doing this? Now I started to understand. So at that point, I started to see that there are times when you need to allow your children to grow. So of course, that first day, we dropped the children for a few hours. It wasn't like a full day. It was a few hours. So of course, I got the bus back, got back, picked up my daughter. How was nursery today? She was so excited. And of course, we started. and. That helped with me having some me time, which was good, but also her having her own time, meeting people, thriving and growing. So separation sometimes can be very good. 
that can cause anxiety. I mean, I have to say, yes, it does. But when you look at things differently, you will be able to see certain things you probably didn't see there before. And so for that reason, if you're going through that moment where you're dropping a child off for the first time in nursery, or you're dropping a child off with a family member or a friend or a carer, or you are actually like having your child go to boarding school where they're away for like a term, or <laughs> maybe they're at university and they're moving out of the house. Whatever that is for you, the separation can cause anxiety, can cause pain, it can cause a bit of panic, but also it can be an opportunity for you to be able to see yourself as yourself, not an appendage of your child or your child being an appendage of you. Because I started, at, because I'd spent so much time with my daughter, I started to see me and her as being inseparable. Oh my goodness, no, um, and anything that happens with, but what I found is that even though she's grown, there are many other times where she's maybe gone to camp for days. I'd not even seen her. And sometimes when they're in camp, you don't even get to hear anything because there's no technology um, signal that would allow you to hear what's happening or maybe travel to another country. And that was another one. Um, it's quite interesting to see how that impacts you. But what I've found is that those moments of separation have allowed me to see our relationship and to appreciate our relationship. It has allowed me to experience myself as an individual, not as an extension of my child or a child, my child as an extension of me. Those moments are beautiful moments for you and I, especially as mothers, to think, hmm, how is that relationship going? Another very good thing, and if you have perhaps have a child that uh, maybe argues with you a lot or maybe you don't kind of get along as well, they're not the, um, <laughs> they're not the children that you say sit down there and they sit down there. They kind of ask you, why? Why did you tell me to sit down there? Or why should I do that? Or I mean, they're, they're the ones that are probably thinking of um, a PhD in argumentative studies or something like that. Now, I happen to have one of them, <laughs> which is quite interesting because um, <laughs> when you have a child who has uh, a PhD in argumentative studies, they're not bad children at all. They are curious children and you want curious children. So when you have those kind of children and you think, oh, this is hard work, <laughs> but in that moment, those are the times when some parents say, you know what, you, you want that child? Take, 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 keep the child. How many, how many years do you want to keep the child? I said, no, no, it's just a day. What? Only a few hours? No. So when, of course, interacting with a child like that, you start to appreciate your relationship. And sometimes I've had an opportunity to go back, reflect and say, hmm, okay. I see that what I might have said at that time was not beneficial. I see that what I did at that time was quite helpful. 
I see certain things that I could use to improve that relationship. And so you and I can use that separation, that moment where we're not attached to our children to understand ourselves better, but also understand our children better. It is said that uh, distance or kind of uh, separation makes the heart grow fonder. That the exact quotation is not something that is coming to mind at the moment. But sometimes when you've not seen someone for a while, when you see them again, they are so excited to see you. You are so excited to see them. And that kind of builds that and reignites that beautiful relationship you already have. There are sometimes when we spend too long with each other. I have to say, even in your, your intimate relationships, you might spend a bit too long, always just moving together like a pair. What if you did something that you enjoyed and your partner did something that they enjoyed, but you're not doing it together? Now, of course, I'm not a relationship expert, but I have heard quite a few relationship experts and people who are celebrating 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 70 years of being together in um, a relationship saying one of the keys to that relationship is allowing the person you're in a relationship with to go and do what they want to do, knowing fully well that they are going to come home, they're going to come back and you can kind of continue or discuss what they have done or what you have done. But when you are in a situation, in a relationship where the one person wants to control the other person, wants to dictate to them what to do, how to do, how it's going to work out, it's not going to work. And that's the reason why many marriages fail. And that's the main reason why many relationships go sour. It may start great, it may start good. But the moment you are constantly in that person's face, in that place where you are just saying, no, 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 I have to know what you're doing, when you're doing it, how you're doing it. Even at work, that micromanagement, my goodness, makes me have goosebumps in not a very good way. And so the same thing we can apply to our children. Sometimes they want you to actually step back. Sometimes they want you to observe, to be that person who they can come to. So even though you are dropping your children off at nursery and experiencing that separation as they go to school, that is a time for you to practice building a relationship that does not need you physically there. And it's beneficial both for you and for your child. It also gives them the sense of, okay, I know mommy's not here, but I know that if I need mommy, I can just say, mommy, and mommy will be there. Or if I need something, I can go back to where mommy is and say, hey, mommy, this is what I need. This is what I'm going through. Now, this same daughter of mine that I dropped in nursery and I felt like my legs had been chopped off from underneath me and I felt like, oh my goodness, my baby is growing kind of thing is the same child I would lay down and chat with. We talk about pretty much anything because 
over time, you start to think, okay, what can I say? What can I do? What does this mean? How can I support? And you start to understand your child. I, but it hasn't always been like that because there was a day, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher. I'm the kind of person that all my roles, all the things that I do are about seeing a problem and solving it. Seeing a fix, seeing a, um, something that needs fixing and fixing it. So when a patient comes to me and say, hey, doctor, I've got this headache, this fever, this, this and that and that. And I say, oh, well, this is the diagnosis. This is what we are going to do. How can you ensure that you get these done? What can we work together on? And we come up with a management plan. That is how it is, is because I'm looking, I am the person to solve that problem, but of course, involve them. And that's another model of medicine that I'm trying to promote, but involve the student or the patient in that care. Now, as a teacher, the students say, I don't understand this. My job is to break it down such that they can understand related to what they've learned in the past or what they already know and build on it to something that is applicable to their day-to-day experience. As a coach, I see people who go, oh, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. And I just give them the guidance that then leads them to their moment of, wow, I didn't realize this is what it was. So it's all about that problem solving. But I got the shock that made me step back and say, oh, it's not all about problem solving. My daughter was giving me an account of something that she found a bit challenging. And as she was sharing with me, all I could think of was, oh, okay, well, she has, she mentioned this and this seems to be an issue. Why don't we do this to solve that one? Okay. That other one she mentioned, this was the issue. Why don't we do this to solve that one? Okay. And this third one. So I went into problem solving mode and she says, mommy, what do you think? You know what I did? I just reeled out everything. Yeah, you know, you mentioned this one and that's an issue. And of course, it's causing you to feel a little bit upset. What do you, What about doing it this way? Okay, well, and then the second one, and I went on and on in problem-solving mode. I could see my daughter's shoulders drop. I could see her eyes go down and I could just feel a bit of an exasperation from her. At that point, I was like, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, you've got it wrong to me. You have got this wrong. <laughs> this is not, this is not the way I was hoping this discussion would go. And at that point, I'm so, so, so sorry, dear. What? Are you okay? And she says, Mommy, I just wanted you to listen. <gasps> oh, that was the moment I got another lesson of my life. Some people share with you what they're going through, but they just want you to listen. So separation sometimes brings someone to a point where they can come together and share with you the depths of their heart. And sometimes all they want from you is to just be there, to be a listening ear, to be perhaps a shoulder to cry on, and not necessarily give them solutions to it. Of course, if they ask for solutions, by all means. That was the moment I started to say, wow. So when I'm asked something, of course, when patients come, I ask them, what do they expect from this consultation? Because I don't want to be giving them advice. 
or trying to look for problem solving when that's not what they want. But most of the time, people go to the doctor, that's what they want. But of course, do not assume. So when I'm having that conversation, I'm like, what do you hope we can achieve from this? And of course, you don't have to go all official with your child or all official with the people you have a relationship with. But it's just kind of giving you a bit of a scope, an idea that, okay, this is something we can work on. This is something we can build up. What can you do? What can I do to ensure that this is working well for you and I? And this discussion, this encounter is something of um, benefit, especially to you. So very importantly, sometimes you might experience that separation from your child and it can be painful. It can be a challenge. But in the midst of that challenge, in the midst of that um, change, (laughs) you can also learn a few things about yourself. You can also learn a few things about your child. And you can also learn a few things about the relationship that you have. I would love to hear your thoughts, especially your experiences of the first time you dropped your child at school or wherever it is that you dropped them. Okay. Or maybe if you have children that have left home, it will be useful to talk about your experience about that as well. I will be doing at some point an episode where we will have people who have had children leave home and, you know, the emptiness sin- um, syndrome and how, how they kind of navigated through that. And so it will be very interesting to know your thoughts in terms of how dropping your children off and having that moment of separation can improve or affect you in a way that um, can add some flavor to the good, the bad, or the ugly of the motherhood journey that we experience. I am Dr. Dini. Do not forget to share this with other mothers. Please subscribe, download this episode so you can listen to it again, and please leave a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts as well, so leave them below. Until next time, I ask that you stay well.